Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome to another episode of the Middle West Podcast. I am your host, Abdul Samir, and I am joined with my lovely co-host and a man who's truly got the face for radio, Mr. Saqib Musa. Okay, I prefer Saqib, but okay. Assalamu uh, alaikum. Welcome back. Uh, we've uh, we've missed you the last cu- past couple of episodes. We've had. Um, I, w- I was there for the previous episode. The previous to the previous. You see, you've missed an episode, and you haven't even listened to the <laughs> to the one I sent you for feedback. So I'm uh, I'm a little bit disappointed, but it's okay. In all fairness, Inshallah, you flew in from Ireland just for this. Uh, you didn't no, have no, no, any no, other no. engagement today. I, 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 not only did I fly in, fly in from Ireland, I flew from Ireland to Glasgow, jumped in a car, and then gr- drove. The 300 miles all the way to Birmingham. SubhanAllah. The dedication is uh, it's admirable. Amazing. It's amazing. Um, maybe, maybe we should consider the environmental impact of this podcast on the future episode. Um, but you have an electric car, so everything's great. Uh, but yes. It's a plug-in hybrid. Um, but, uh, the thing is, I was going to say that, hey, cars are much more uh, uh, much more uh, fi- uh, friendly to, towards the environment compared to planes. Then I realized I, I did take a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so even that, even that you're flops. Bad. You're bad on both <laughs> levels. Uh, we're doing a little roundtable summary. Indeed, we are on the elections. Um, we've had a few episodes covering it from various aspects. Yeah, we even uh, had a conversation about this over the phone recently as well, and uh, it was crazy. If you remember, the, do you remember that phone call? Do you remember me calling I, you? Yes, <laughs> I do. But also, I think um, we had we had uh, we had some feedback um, informally um, saying that. We're doing a lot of episodes on the election, and why is it so important? And I think, um, personally, I think this is the election of a lifetime. This is genuinely... Um, I mean, we, it's very rare that you have a far right-wing conservative party and a far left-wing uh, Labour Party yeah, to choose definitely. between, um, and you don't really have any viable alternatives in the middle um, because Liberal Democrats have shown time and time again that... Uh, they don't seem to be um, kind of up to the job. Um, they we have don't necessarily have a set of politics. They might say they do, but I mean, if anyone's willing to go into a coalition with the Tories, then uh, don't know about that. And uh, the question marks are that, you know, if, for example, uh, the Conservatives need uh, to, to form a coalition again, I, I, I think that the Libyans would be happily, you know, willing to go into another coalition just because they want power. So, no, you're right. It is an election of a lifetime. Um, I know people might say that this is the case for every election. But, you know, you know this is the first time we're having an, an election where we have, first and foremost, uh, two candidates that are basically polar opposites. The, uh, we have one uh, you know, candidate who, oh, for you know, prime minister, I guess, because we don't really elect a, a, a president, but the, the leader of, of the Tory party, who is on one hand, uh, you know, someone who's very openly been Islamophobic and very openly been very, you know, critical of, of, of Islam. And on the other hand, you have someone who has been a, an ally of the Muslims in one sense, uh, a man who has had very friendly, uh, had a very friendly attitude towards Muslims, been very supportive throughout the struggles. Uh, he was there during the Finsbury Park attacks. He was there. Uh, he's almost there every single Ramadan at Finsbury Park Mosque. And uh, yeah, he's someone who also, when it comes to uh, issues on 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 foreign affairs, uh, you know, he has spoken out recently uh, about uh, if elected as prime minister uh, or if Labour are elected uh, in government. Um, also, looking at the policies towards recognizing Palestine as a as a state. So, um, 
I know there's a lot of concerns that people have when when voting personally for Labour, and we've we've challenged our previous guests on it. So people feel that the left wing isn't, or I think quite a few Muslims feel. I think generally Muslims will vote Labour. Um, I think personally, for every area, you should look at what the best chance is for your area, um, and also look at your individual candidate and what policies they have, because I know that quite a few Muslims are a little bit fed up with the left because they feel a little bit almost taken for granted. Um, and again, this is my experience from the community. I don't know if you agree or not. I know you're a bit more um, comfortable with labor than I am, maybe. Um, I, also, don't, I, I, I don't know where I am. I actually don't know where I am. So what's, what's your thought process when you're, when you're thinking about the elections now? Um, I'm, 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 at the moment, I'm just a, t- a tactical voter. Also, you're, you're living in Scotland now, which yes, is I not am. your home. SNP I've, is actually a viable, almost middle pathy alternative. Well, not quite. So I've been, you know, living in Scotland now for past three months now, uh, and I was very quiet about Scottish politics because I wanted to kind of observe it and see for itself. And I thought that Muslims were kind of living in a very confused state in Scotland in terms of who who they should vote for, SNP or Labour. The thing is, Scottish Labour were basically predominant throughout the noughties. Uh, you know, Gordon Brown being a very significant figure. Uh, and then towards the late noughties slash early... What do you call the, this this decade that we're in now? I don't know. Tens? The tens. I mean, well, I'm I'm a freshie, so even, even noughties is very um very new to me. Okay, yeah, noughties uh, is referred yeah, yeah, to yeah, the, yeah. the zero zeros. The 2000s. The 2000s. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically when Ed Miliband kind of drove Labour in, people kind of in Scotland thought, you know what, uh, we're not going to... We're clearly not going to form a government with them. So the next best thing to do is vote for the interests of Scotland, if not for the UK. And that's when a lot of people jumped onto the SNP bandwagon. And SNP were first and foremost that year elected into Scottish Parliament as as Scottish government. And at the same time, that's when in, in the 20, 2015 elections, they managed to gain uh, a lot of seats, seats as well for the yeah, first so time. At, at the moment, they uh, sorry, in 2015, I don't know what the result was in 2017, but in 2015, they won all but like, Two seats. So they were. They had about fifty something seats. So in total, there are fifty nine constituencies uh, in Scotland. They won, I think, fifty five. I think. Oh, so there's a few left, but SNP predominantly really. was SNP. And, and so, I mean, your wife is involved, um, and we've tr- we've tried to get her on the podcast, <laughs> but mashallah, her schedule's too busy for us, uh, which is fair enough. Uh, but oh, I'm she, sorry, she's, uh, she's uh, prominent in Scottish politics or involved in the Muslim Scottish kind of c- yeah. C- yeah uh, so the MCS, the Muslim Council of Scotland, as well as of course MCB. But um, but yeah, generally, uh, uh, um, so this is the thing. Uh, at that time, uh, a lot of people kind of felt disingenuous about about Labour. And not just that, they felt like Labour was just drifting far towards, far too much towards the centre. So, and at and, and, and that time, SNP were drifting way more to the left. And I think you can just say, if you if you were to generalise, Scots are a lot more kind of open-minded, liberal, you know, lefty. So they found it more easy to align with SNP. Um, and therefore, that's one reason why the SNP kind of really took off. Um, however, now when you look at the debate now, uh, you know, with, with Corbyn bringing Labour back to the old Labour... And I think this is actually a very important point to, uh, to mention that the, the Labour Party that you and I uh, know, are which, is, which is the Corbyn Party, or do you mean like the more centrist pre? No, so yeah, so so the, the, the Labour Party that we know of, as in the, the more centrist, the the Blairite kind of new Labour that we know of, for us that's like Labour, that's what's standard. So for us, looking at Corbyn and this kind of new of uh, this lefty Labour thing, this is all new to us. 
but it's not new. It's actually old Labour just coming back, and the Labour Party has always been like this, uh, of, you know, a left socialist kind of organization, uh, political organization. Do, do you mean like seventies, eighties, etc.? Seventies, eighties. So pre Blair era. Pre, pre yeah, pre Blair. Because uh-huh, you said pre Blair, pre Blair. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. You see, with plebs like Blair. Sorry, uh, I said that again. Was. <laughs> I don't know if we need to black that. I think it should be fine because this is your personal opinion. I think we need to make this very clear. Sorry, in this podcast, right? Um, the opinions of the uh, of the hosts, even the hosts, and definitely not the guests, but even because the guests have been very neutral so far, and we've tried to keep it that way. Um, but the uh, the opinions of the hosts do not reflect the opinions of either organization or the podcast as a whole we're keeping it pc <laughs> yes yes we are we should have said that at the start <laughs> but yeah anywho so that's that's the thing so like uh so a lot of uh you know scots are kind of seeing this resurgence of of the of the old labor and therefore it's kind of starting to polarize the scottish community a lot more and even like the muslim community as well because when people are thinking okay let's be honest uh you know Although we do want Scottish independence, because a lot of Muslims do want Scottish independence, um, they think that, look, uh, at the same time, Jeremy Corbyn would be brilliant for the UK as a whole. Um, so you have like half the Muslim Scottish community, which is torn between Labour and SNP. And when you look at the 2017 election, SNP lost out on seats. And more importantly, uh, it, it was Conservatives that gained because the uh, vote was split between SNP and Labour. Oh, Wow. And, and the conservatives were able to win some seats back because of that. Because of that, exactly. I guess there's another question for you. Um, I don't know if it's a bit personal. You can, you know, this podcast is PC, so you know, uh, you don't have to answer. But um, what's your position on the independence uh, of Scotland? Because I think for you personally, it might be a bit difficult because you're from London, wife's from Scotland. So you'll be spread apart. And if Britain, oof, 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 oh, 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 this is going to be a Romeo and Juliet story because you'll be... Um, astaghfirullah, we don't talk about those things. <laughs> um, but, uh, you, 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 you realize they commit suicide after and it's haram. I mean, uh, like, yeah, because it'll be, it'll be logistically difficult for you, especially if Brexit happens and then Scotland rejoins the EU or something. And then imagine if you needed a seven-pound visa um, to go to Scotland. <laughs> Logistically, nothing will change because <laughs> that, that that would just be ridiculous. Um, I mean, like, look for example, when you look at the arrangement right now that there is between the UK and Ireland, um, it's very much simple. It's as if though you're transitioning from one country to another seamlessly. Uh, the only difference is that you know, uh, instead of using miles, they use kilometers, and instead of using pounds, they use euros. Other than that, they speak the same language, and there there is no border or anything like that. So I don't think it will be a logistical nightmare. What I will say is, and I. <sighs> A lot of I, th- I think I think our Scottish listeners are listening very closely. Um, this is this yeah exactly exactly yeah. Now th- bear in mind, I'm still new to Scotland, and I I do want I do wish to learn. So please do engage in dialogue with me, and I, I'm I'm more than willing to. I, I think you should say the most controversial thing. You should tell these independence people that Scottish Scottish freedom does not exist and has not existed since 1606. So what are they? Uh, so that's the thing. So my my opinion is is kind of formed on, on two two kind of ways. Uh, number one, I will kind of talk about the more kind of economic aspect of it, which is that when you know um, when you look at when we look at Scotland, and before actually before we actually look in, uh, look into that, um, let's think about 
you know, uh, why a lot of Scottish Muslims are actually pro uh, Scottish independence, uh, given that they're not necessarily indigenously Scottish. Uh, but it's mainly because of the fact that a lot of them managed to kind of feel like they were accepted in Scotland. Uh, a lot of Muslims identify, compared to English Muslims, for example, English Muslims find it hard to identify as being English or British, maybe because of the fact that you know when uh, the, the levels of racism that they they face or the, the, the levels of institutional Islamophobia. Uh, not saying that Islamophobia doesn't exist, but there is a concept of Scottish, Scottish exceptionalism, which is basically where Scots think that they they are, you know, the exceptional. Uh, country in terms of the, the, you know they, uh, the norms are in the UK they are you know they, they, they don't exist in Scotland there's this kind of uh, idea that Islamophobia doesn't exist in Scotland when it actually does so I, you know with that kind of background in mind people think you need to understand that that's the reason why I think a lot of Muslims are very much pro independence of Scotland because they feel like it's actually the Brits as i.e. the English who are kind of the, 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 the disease or the virus the sooner we get rid of them the more prominent we will be, we will be the more you know we're, we're not going to have these kind of negative influences in our lives uh you know in terms of uh whatever the media is feeding them or whatever what not but so, so that's why a lot of muslims in scotland even though they're from an immigrant background they feel uh they have a strong scottish identity and perhaps uh, yeah i i just like to sorry correct i said 16 or i meant 6, 17 or 7 acts of union um sorry just a stupid mistake on my part. <laughs> That's um, fine. But how did, how do you actually know that? I had no idea of the. Uh, to be honest, uh, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. There's a test called Life in the UK test um, that every immigrant has to take. Um, it's not particularly difficult, but there are like 1,500 questions, and you have to answer 24 of them, and I, you need to get 75. percent um, So I, I, I uh, and these are like questions to do with English history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There'll be questions like, um, you know, which which one of Henry VIII's wives did he execute? And actually, the answer is Divorced, two of them. Divorced, beheaded, died. Divorced, beheaded, survived. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I say from yes. school. Yes. So things things that British people might remember from school, but for me, they're very recent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, so what happened ten sixty six. Mister Mister William or King William. Um, I don't know if they used Mister back then. Uh, but anyway, that was the Monsieur, final. Monsieur. That was the final foreign successful invasion uh, of uh, of the of the British Isles. Um, and after that, uh, Britain's been relatively stable. Okay, um, what's the? Sorry, I don't w- want to bore people with British w- history. W- okay, Astria, let's let's go back to Scottish. Are we, bo- are we boring people? Or, or or what you're doing, basically? What are you going to do in this election? Do you think? Have you looked at your? Yeah. So I think what everyone needs to do, especially if they're a student, is look at their term time address and their home address. Yes, yeah, definitely. Which one is a more marginal seat for you? Term term address. So I'm I actually re- re-registered. Uh, under my term time address, which so is you're my a Scottish, Scottish voter now. I'm now voting in my constituency, which is Glasgow South, I think. Okay. Uh, it's currently an SNP seat uh, that Labour lost by just so, by a thousand. So now, votes. now you're going to tell us what, how you're going to vote. No, no, no. Okay, so going back to uh, you know. my opinions on Scottish independence. Now, um, first, first and foremost, people need to realise that the uh, you know even though. Um, Scotland, you know, Scots might say that they're doing well off in terms of the economy. They're, 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 you know, it's, it's the reason why they end up being in deficit is because the fact that they have to end up paying money to the English to end up paying for English debt. That's something that the Scots always talk about because the fact that they they have a lot of, uh, you know, they, they produce a decent amount of oil. The the fishery uh, is a huge market. Tourism is a huge market as well. But the fact of the matter is, and unfortunately, in my short time of living there, is that. 
institutionally, everything is a mess. Everything is a complete and shambolic mess from road traffic, from uh, in- uh, infrastructure, from uh, road signs to education. Like, uh, I know that they have some of the most amazing universities, but going back to school, for example, a lot of the schools are, are very, very poorly run. Uh, you know, when uh, Boris Johnson talks about uh, increasing officer inspections, that's one thing which in Scotland I would love for that to happen because trust me, teachers in Scotland would be would would be getting sacked because of the level of care that they have towards the kids and the, the, even the education levels towards kids. And uh, not just that, uh, Scotland at the moment has the highest rate of drug-related death in the whole of Europe, three times higher than the uh, in in England. And uh, sorry, by the way, I'm probably boring the hell out of you guys and I'm probably creating myself a pool of haters among Scots. Um, let's not also forget that uh, also in Scotland, you have a high rate of teenage pregnancy, a ridiculously high rate of teenage pregnancy. Do, um, uh, sorry, just to, do you think that affects, do, do you know if that affects Muslims or have you had any look at the numbers or anything? I know we're getting off on a complete answer <laughs> So, sorry, what was the question? Uh, teenage pregnancies. So you said okay. I, d- I don't. Problem. Yeah, I don't know about Muslims specifically. I don't think. I don't think I affect Muslims too much. I hope not. Um, but it is one of the biggest, uh, you know, uh, largest uh, rates in the UK. Now, when you bring all that in together, you realize that Scotland is actually in a huge mess. Now, if you're going to plan on being, you know, kind of receding from the UK, every every Scottish listener just just uh, you're just going to become get into a bigger mess. <laughs> Okay, so that's that's your views on independence, which I think are very strong. I'm very surprised. Uh, in three months, you've uh, you've decided to write off the entirety of Scotland. The um, other the other the other aspect of it, I'm also thinking about is, and I'm sorry, Scottish Muslims, I I do want to sympathise with you, but at the moment, when because the thing, I was in, I was on a radio show recently, and I was with a fellow Muslim who, whenever he said the word national, he kept on talking about Scotland. I'm like, mate, when you say national, you talk about the Brit- you're talking about Britain, you're talking about the UK, so please refer to it as the UK. Because that's what national means in this context. And he quite clearly was someone who's pro-independence. And this is the thing here. I think that no matter what kind of personal benefits that there may be for Muslims in Scotland, you guys need to look about look at the UK as a whole. Don't be selfish here, okay? Don't just say, okay, we want to recede and do what's beneficial for Scottish Muslims. We are all Brits. We need to do right by British Muslims. And you all have a duty to vote for a certain party or not to vote for another party to ensure that Brits, uh, Muslims across the UK are equally benefiting from everything. When it comes to, for example, uh, policies on the NHS, when it comes to counter-terrorism policies, when it comes to foreign affairs, stop being selfish and vote for a certain party. This is a whole can of worms you've opened, you know. I'm a little bit worried about this. But hopefully we can have a Scottish guest and then uh, and then we can have a more meaningful discussion on this. So maybe that's something for the future. Scottish independence, yes or no. Um, especially if they actually end up getting another referendum. Because here's the thing, like, they were promised... Uh, sorry, they were given a vote already. They were, they were already given a referendum. Yes. Uh, yeah, but we were already given a referendum on Brexit and we all know we're not happy with the result. Of, and it was incredibly close, to be fair. Even the Scottish independence. Oh, no, it's 55-45. That's pretty close, man. 55-45 is... Ours was 48-52 plus... Okay, it was even fake, closer. Ca- fake fake but, news. But if, if you want to do like a real... If it was like 70 to 30 or something, that's when you go, yeah, clearly people, majority of people, or like there's an absolute majority here. 55-45 uh, is like 45% of the people wanted to leave. That could change in a... 
and, and again, depending on voter turnout and those type of things. Anyways, I don't want to get too technical. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm in a I'm in a little bit of a situation where actually it doesn't matter how I vote. I think for a lot of people, and actually this comes into we're talking about a lot a lot of Muslims have registered. Uh, we talked about it on our previous episode. A lot of Muslims have registered. Few of them are in marginal seats. There's like 30 seats that MCB says are yeah, uh, 31, I think. Thir- yeah, that are that are marginal, and Muslims could actually affect the outcome because yeah. they're larger than the majority. Um, but firstly, Muslims are tend not to be homogenous, so people will vote differently based on how they feel. Um, a lot of people have been saying that they're not happy with labor because they feel like it's Marxist. And um, I, uh, I, I, we, you know, you can go on our Twitter. We've been sharing a little bit of. Uh, stuff back and forth about the policies and things like that. Um, but for a lot of Muslims, because of the way the UK is laid out and because of how Muslims tend to sometimes be concentrated in certain areas, yeah, yeah. which are incredibly safe labor seats. Yeah, exactly. So how do we convince people to go out to vote? And actually, does it even matter? So um, first and foremost, it's not about the actual result itself. It's about the, the mindset. Yeah, getting people to understand how they can be, they can use their voice in the in the democratic system, uh, and it's uh, voting is just one part of it, but it's also about when it comes to issues that you care about or the issues that we need to care about. Make sure that we go on about it the right ways. Uh, I think uh, when we had a key con a couple of uh, episodes ago, uh, he was mentioning uh, the need to engage within uh, your local uh, COPs or within your local, uh, you know. Uh, your local constituencies, your MPs, writing to your MPs, lobbying them on certain issues. So that's the whole idea. We want to make sure that Muslims engage in our political system. Now, if you want Muslims to engage in our political system, voting is like the very first step. So uh, definitely we need to encourage uh, Muslims to vote, even if they are in marginal seats. Um, so e- e- sorry, even if they're not in marginal seats, Muslims should said come out to vote. Um the other thing is postal vote registrations are, are pretty soon. So if you're too lazy to go out and vote, which I think is fair enough, you might not want to walk down the road or find parking or whatever, um, you can do it from the comfort of your home. Um, and of course, you know, participate in this glorious act. Did um, you did you know uh, in Turkey, uh, people can vote at the airport. So if they're pl- planning on traveling, they can just post and fly off. Well, a lot of countries do overseas voters, but I th- uh, UK doesn't allow it for expatriates. Um, expatriates have to; they can do a postal vote yeah, in their in their home location before they leave or something. Yeah. But if they're settled abroad, because some countries uh, have have this policy of allowing overseas nationals to actually go to the embassy and vote, and I know um, a lot of countries like Iraq and stuff do that. Yeah, because um, that's the thing. So. Um, uh, I'm actually planning on traveling on the 12th. Uh, so I was like trying to think about my, my, my travel plans. And I'm, I'm actually planning to travel to Turkey. And but you have postal and proxy as an option. You can uh, get well, here. deadline's over for both of them. So Even for postal? I thought postal was like 5th of December. No, 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 no. It's all 26th. It's, it's, no, no, no. It's on the 26th. It's, they have different dates, but I can't, I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But I'm sure the, t- the postal one's gone. Uh, if it isn't, then I'll do it right now. But um, but yeah, but uh, alhamdulillah, at the end of the day, I've managed to register in Scotland. And this is one thing I'll say in general, by the way, and to to students specifically, Muslim students. We, I know we, we just spoke about how Muslims are, generally speaking, quite concentrated in certain areas. However, a lot of Muslim students do live in marginal seats uh, in terms of the term time addresses. So if you're a Muslim student that's living on, uh, you know, away from home, if you're studying at Loughborough University, if you're studying at uh, Southampton, if you're studying at... 
uh, East Anglia. If you're studying, I'm, I'm you know, I'm you're mentioning all the London London unis. No, they're not. They're they're all Sorry, outside East of London. Anglia, they're all East Anglia. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you, Fakim? But yeah, literally, it's too late now. But bear this in mind next time uh, when it comes to vote, uh, voting in general elections. Well, if we have a hung parliament, there'll be a general election like next year or something. <laughs> Probably February. Or uh, you know what? Before that, we might end up having a civil war. <laughs> At this rate, genuinely, it's eating everyone's head. But yeah, and myself in Scotland, um, where I know it's a marginal seat between SNP and Labour. Uh, and speaking of which, by the way, uh, I know my views generally were quite sounded a bit, you know, like I was having a bit of a rant. And like I said, I'm open to uh, to debate and discussion. So, Scots, if I have offended you, uh, don't take it personally. But let's engage. Write to us. Genuinely, we'd be you know interested to be hearing your tweets and your emails about. Um, why should we as Britain care about Scottish, the Scots receding from us when we're supposed to be one whole United Isles as of the Act, the Union, what is it called? If, if you, uh, Act of Union. Exactly. Act of Union 1707. Um, there's also a, uh, an option because we're on, we're, we're on Anchor uh, now, which is a podcasting platform. And I mean, you can just send us a voice note by email, but on Anchor, you can actually record a voice note on the app and it'll come straight to us. Um, and you can just uh, send your rant that way. And if we can make out your Scottish accent, then I'm sure we'll play it. Please, if you're Glaswegian, iron it out, literally. Like, it's the other now. Okay, now we're getting in trouble. <laughs> no, because... Uh, <laughs> so, uh, funny thing is, yeah, so my boss is uh, Scottish, yeah? And, uh, sorry, he's Glaswegian. Uh, and uh, already quite a few times I'm having to like re- ask him to repeat himself like a million times and, and I just end up blaming it on the on the loss in translation so uh, yeah just make sure that you're audible uh, <laughs> but anywho inshallah uh, moving on uh, I mean the ultimate question is is Labour or is you know is Labour going to win it is Corbyn going to rally it up I, I think personally, I found that, um, and I, I try to go to a lot of uh, kind of events and speak to different people and ask them about it. Um, and I do the same thing at work um, to try and get as wide a perspective as I possibly can. Because even though I try to like as many pages as possible, on my Facebook, it looks, and this was the same in 2015, it was the same in 2017. Um, in your bubble, it always looks like whatever you agree with is the only opinion anyone in the world has. Um, and, and obviously that's very problematic. Um, I think we need, to, we need to look more realistically. And I think there are a number of very kind of, I feel like there's scary prospects coming. I don't want to be a fear monger because oftentimes these get exaggerated. Um, but I do think this election is very important. I personally think that uh, Boris Johnson is tremendously popular on a personal level. Uh, he was when he was London mayor, um, and his personal popularity continues. I think to many people, they hear some of his kind of stuff that he says about Muslims or some of his funny antics, and they go, this guy's a loony, he's never going to win. Actually, I personally think a lot of people don't care about the loonyism. And I've I've spoken to people, I've debated with people, and they say things like, even if he's a bit dishonest, all politicians are dishonest. Ultimately, he's getting Brexit done, which is people who... Exactly. Yeah, or they're just like, look, we vote conservative because these 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 things and we agree with them. Or even if they're left-leaning, they say 
Corbin is so bad because he's stood with the IRA, which a little bit of an unfair criticism because every politician has, um, and I'm not going to go into the details, but same with Leo, he's uh, against anti-Semitism. Again, he's not. He's stood against racism of all forms every single time. Uh, he's a terrorist sympathizer. Again, no basis for this. Um, and And... People are happy to ignore a lot of the things about, you know, Boris Johnson's dodgy business dealings in the background that's become a whole case uh, for his um, for this uh, X model that he was uh, apparently giving up government, allegedly giving yeah. government money to. And all, of that. Yeah. and all that doesn't matter because Boris Johnson is popular on his own. People are happy to vote for him. And it's. There's there's very disturbing things that are coming out. So, for example, um, migrants pay a, 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 an immigrant health surcharge, NHS surcharge. That's going up by like 40% in the Tory manifesto. Um, there are... That's going to affect you, isn't it? That's that's. I mean, soon it may not, but the point is it's going to affect lots of migrants <laughs> and it affects skilled migrants who might then choose to go to somewhere else for their education, which means we lose... Highly skilled people who come in and pay tremendous amount of taxes, tremendous uh, amounts of fees. Um, the You're trying fees, so fees hard, might get, Fees might get higher. Um, and act- and I, th- I think some of the stuff they say about the NHS, about, oh, we're going to sell it off to America, I think it's going to happen gradually. There will be more privatization. And if you speak to NHS workers, they will tell you they're under a huge amount of pressure. One part of me feels that I think these guys are really making a sacrifice by fighting for the NHS. There'll come a point when healthcare workers will say, do you know what? Forget this. We can make more money in the private industry anyway. And a lot of people are choosing to move to Australia or Canada, whatever other country. Mm. Um, Australia primarily because you don't have to do another exam. So a lot of these healthcare workers are either going to pack up and move away or they're going to say, you know what? Fine. Privatize the NHS. I make more money. It is the common person who's going to suffer if they have to start paying for some treatments. And insurance is incredibly stressful. Even if you have um, a very comprehensive insurance program, ultimately, I've experienced this. When you're, in, when you're in a private insurance system, every single treatment needs to go for approval. Mm. So you can't just go to a doctor and say, oh, I need this. Oh, can you give me an x-ray? No, the doctor has to file in a request for an x-ray. The insurance company has to approve it. That takes one or two days, and then you come back and do it. And if we go down this route, things will be harder for us a few years down the line. And the retirement age will go up, which by the time people retire, things will get more difficult. I think this is a little bit of a crossroads of an election. Yeah. Definitely. But then I sound a bit like a fear monger and everyone's like, shut up, everything's going to be fine anyway. No, you're, um, you're completely right about that. And the thing is, I think like... Well, you, you and I say that, but where millennials who will be affected, who don't have a lot of money and student loans and want to buy houses and things like that. So a lot of the things Labour say really appeal, appeal to, us to us because yeah. of that. Maybe, maybe at one point we'll start making so much money that we'll say, hmm. No, uh, the, the Tory... That's, that, and this is like a genuinely sincere advice to Muslims who are part part of the Tory party or voter, voters of the Tory party which is that I understand that you know there is definitely financial incentives and that your, your, yourselves personally would be better off under a Tory government but just think about just the other day men received the youngest ever case of Islamophobia in terms of a, a child who had received Islamophobic abuse and he was four years old this is like a norm for a lot of people Islamophobic abuses every single day do you think prevent is going to change? Sorry, completely different because you mentioned the four-year-old kid. Um, I was going to respond to you about though. You <laughs> might be better off. Actually, maybe they might not be better off because if you're fairly old, you probably won the NHS because you're uh, you're going to get better healthcare. But you mentioned the four-year-old kid and prevent. Prevent was initiated under Labour, but it was it would have been 
it was it was initially it was initiated by Labour, but that was but it took Labour. But it t- it took f- uh, form into how, what it is now by Theresa May. The idea of counterterrorism uh, policy was created by Labour, but prevent itself to what it's known as today, uh, and the disease it is today was form- formulated by Theresa May. So the idea of uh, the, the, the the guidelines, the policies, the practitioners, the way it's been uh, kind of uh, manifested is a vision that was not the kind of vision that the Labour Party wanted. The Labour Party were in fact in, at that time engaging with Muslim community organisations. They were engaging with MCB, they were engaging with MAB. Uh, Self shout when, out. When, <laughs> when, when Jeremy Corbyn says he's just going to um, modify it rather than scrap it, which makes a lot of Muslims very angry. Do you think that's? Do you think that's fair? Hasn't Prevent been? I know. I know you've worked on this from the from the o- o- onset mm-hmm. um, uh, when you were in student politics. Do you, Do you think it's enough to modify it, or do you think it needs? He to doesn't. Go? He doesn't talk about modifying. He's saying that there needs there needs to be a review into it. And that's what we've been dying to say that you know the po- the policy is not working. The policy is counterproductive. The, you know, individual uh, local authorities are reviewing it. I.e., uh, we have the mayor of Manchester, Andy Burnham, who's mentioned that he's going to be uh, uh, reviewing prevent and the government's you know uh, on a local level the the, the you know the, the, the practitioner of of the counterterrorism policy. You have the mayor of of, of London also, Sadiq Khan, who's also said the same thing, and he's actually initiated. In, uh, a review into the counterterrorism policy, and under a Labour government, we have been promised that we will see a, a review, a major review into the policy, into seeing where it failed, why it failed, and ultimately, and I believe this strongly that Labour know that in order for us to actually come to a compromise, for us to actually come to a working relationship, when it comes to dealing with counterterrorism, we need to engage with the Muslim community, and and to be honest, it is a Muslim community uh, organizations that know what's best. Which have been currently been that are being currently ignored by the current conservative government. Um, I, I guess the main concern with um, allying solidly with the left wing is obviously there are going to be things that we don't agree on, um, and I guess this is the fear with anything: is if you throw your lot in with one side, ten years down the line, are you going to sit here and regret it because um, oh, I feel like they they kind of. They took us for granted. We they, we sold out on everything, and we now we now have nothing left. We don't have our morals, and we don't have anything. Um, and I guess that's a that's a fear. But I actually don't think that it applies here as much. I know in America there's a different argument going on, um, and and we've we've pushed every single one of our guests on this um, because they <laughs> tend to they tend to ally a little bit more with the left, even though they're politically neutral, um, and they they do work with everyone. Um, but their personal think, views seem yeah. to be a bit more left inclined. I think, I th- I think yeah, I think this is when a, a, a lot of Muslims, when they get involved in politics, they, they need to kind of be very clear about their own set of politics, whether it be that they have more conservative economic opinions and values, um, and that's what's I think often not lacking. I, I think that when Muslims get involved in politics, they don't necessarily have their own set of politics, uh, and it's when once they get involved in the left, you know, lefty kind of. Uh, cliques and parties they kind of adopt left wing kind of politics uh, not that I'm saying there's anything bad with that but I'm just saying that uh, where for example Muslims would disagree with on certain issues uh, and this is where there, there needs to be room for uh, you know a disagreement with, even within a party so uh, yeah so I think uh, overall we need to think about why ha- and how we're engaging within our political system and uh, we need to remember 
that uh, when we think about the greater good, we need to remember ultimately the greater good from Albus Dumbledore. Oh, Harry, Harry, Harry Potter joke, you didn't get. Uh, yeah, I got, I got the joke. For, for just for your reference, here, yeah, you know that ca- those sixteen personality characteristic thingies. Uh, so those uh, IFNJ kind of stuff, yeah, or ENFT, yeah, yeah. NTP, whatever. I am an. I don't know why. I, it's. I think I'm either ENFJ or ENF. I don't know what. But basically, I am the protagonist. So other people who are also protagonists are Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Sorry, and Albus Dumbledore. Why are we talking about? And this? Dumbledore. So I'm like Dumbledore. All oh, right, you're like Dumbledore. Exactly. But anyway, we need to think about the greater good, and the, the greater good is that the NHS first and foremost needs to be preserved. Uh, Boris Johnson needs to uh, be ridden off, even though Thaqib thinks he's an amazing individual. Boris, I don't think Boris Johnson is an amazing individual. I just think he's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I think too many people think he's an amazing individual. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and on that bombshell, it's it's time to end. Is it is it time to end? I don't know if it's time to end. But uh, anywho, uh, that's been an interesting piece. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, uh, I think a lot of controversial points were made. So please write to us in terms of to let us know what your opinions are. Follow us on uh, Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us. We're we're on Instagram, by the way. Mabrook uh, to us, congratulating ourselves that we're on Instagram. So we've caught up with the new age. And uh, email us. So with that, Jazakum Khair for tuning in to another episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.